that good worship this morning. Appreciate that. Amen. Well, how many is happy today? Everybody happy in the Lord today? Excited about what God's doing in your life? Amen. Are you excited about about being in the living in the last days? Praise God. Amen. God's awesome, isn't he? I said God's awesome, isn't he? Praise the Lord. Well, I want to share a few things with you this morning and a couple of different places that I'm going to be reading today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, hope that you do to open with me to the first to the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophet of Haggai, the Old Testament prophet of Haggai. Don't you love these names? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad my mom named me Ricky. Praise God. <laughs> when I look at these Haggai and Nahum and Habakkuk and all of this, I'm thinking, praise the Lord. I was reading um, Joshua, reading through Joshua, and, you know, when they're, um, they're, they have, they're divvying up the land, they're dividing up the land, the inheritance to all the tribes, and all of these names of all of these different cities. And uh, I, when I get, I put on Alexander Scorby and put my earbuds in and read along and let him pronounce all those names. But some of the names of those cities are that, like that long, you know, and they're like eight syllables or something, you know. And, and uh, I'm reading along there this morning, and I'm, I'm thinking, praise God for Do Run. And, <laughs> amen, Sister Betty, you shout to that. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Bon Terre and Festus and just good, good, easy to pronounce towns and cities. Praise God. But anyway, we're going to, this morning to the book of, first of all, to the book of Haggai, chapter 2. And I'm going to read a couple of verses there, and then we'll be turning to Hebrews, chapter 12. And reading a couple of verses there uh, from the Word of God, okay? Are you there? Are you with me? Praise God. They're going to put it up on the screen. Do you follow along? Follow, me, follow along with me with your, uh, with your um, device. I'm, I'm, hoping that, that so, that I'm hoping they don't delete our Bible apps. Praise God, but uh, I don't think they'll do that, surely, but amen. I've got, believe me, I've got plenty of these kind of Bibles at home, should that happen, amen. I have plenty of them. Just, just ask my wife. I'm a Bible collector, amen. And so far this year, I haven't bought a new one yet, but the year is early, amen. Haggai chapter 2 Haggai chapter 2 and verse number 6 says this, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will, notice this, and I will shake all nations. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, 
And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Of course, he's talking there about the temple that they were rebuilding at that time. The work on the temple had been stopped. They had faced opposition, and the work had been stopped. And these two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, begin to prophesy to encourage the people to begin building again on the temple of God. And so the word of the Lord comes to Haggai and he makes this prophecy and he says, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. All of God's activity, ladies and gentlemen, in the heavens and the earth and among the nations is moving toward one great end and one great event And that is what he referred to here as the desire of all nations, so that he said the desire of all nations shall come. What is the desire? That word desire or the desirableness of all nations. That's a reference to what is coming when the Lord Jesus comes. The deliverer is coming to right all the wrongs and to exalt the nation of Israel and uh, to fulfill everything that the Word of God has said that He would do when He comes in His second coming. The desire of all nations. The, The earth is groaning today. This earth is in travail and is groaning today for its redemption. And that's going to take place when Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom upon the earth. And so in the meantime, God said, I will shake all nations until and the desire of all nations shall come. We're in the shaking right now. We're in the shaking right now. Jesus is getting ready to come. And so... um, Look with me now, if you would, flip over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 26. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 26 and 27 says this. Speaking of God, says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. Notice this. The removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That those things, and that's the key phrase, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And that's what I want to talk to you about for a little bit this morning, is the things that cannot be shaken. There's there's a whole lot of shaking going on in the world today right now. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken And there's some things, though, ladies and gentlemen, that the Scripture says that cannot be shaken. I want to know what that is. That's what I want to be a part of. Amen? The Lord has spoken to us through uh, the gifts of the Spirit this morning, through tongues and interpretation, admonishing us to uh, put our fears, our cares, our worries, our burdens upon Him. 
because it is a difficult time. But there are, there are some things, and I believe that with all my heart, that God wants a people and wants a church and wants a group of believers today that are not shaken by what's going on in this world, in this nation, in this world today. How many want to be unshakable believers, unshakable Christians? Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word today. We ask you to bless and anoint as we minister what you've laid upon our heart today. Open the hearts of your people to receive what you want them to receive. Let the Spirit of God, let them hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Everything, everything, and we know this, but everything that is built by men, anything and everything that's built by men is bound to fall. Whether it be cities or whether it be governments, institutions, organizations, whatever man builds may seem strong for a while and it may seem permanent, but time always proves the fact that nothing that is built by man can last forever or does last forever. Nothing that is built by man. Everything that we see on this earth that has been built by man one day is going to go through the fire and be completely burned up and God's going to create a new earth. Hallelujah, I can't wait for that. But all through the Bible we see this to be a fact. It was men who decided to build the Tower of Babel, a tower that was to reach to heaven. They got together and began to build that tower but God was displeased with what they had done and he came down you know the story there in Genesis 11 and God confounded their language and he scattered them abroad and that tower of Babel did not prosper and did not stand it was men who built the temple of Solomon and uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful edifice, a glorious building, probably one of the most glorious buildings that was ever erected, that majestic temple of Solomon. But the time came when that beautiful temple of Solomon was destroyed, and there's just traces of it in, in, in Jerusalem today. Um, all of the kingdoms of this world that that thought that were world powers, world kingdoms, Egypt and Babylon and Media Persia, Greece, those great empires of the past, the Roman Empire, all of these were built by men. That great Roman Empire, their legions, conquered the known world and they proclaimed themselves to be the master race. And they did seem to be invincible. But you know what? The people of Rome and the people of that Roman Empire sank deeply into sin and God brought that empire to an end. They imploded within themselves and it, that empire does not exist today because of their sin and their debauchery against God. That empire was built by men and so therefore it could not stand. And so I think we all are aware today, ladies and gentlemen, that we today live in an unstable world. We are in an unstable and, a sh and, and shaky and uncertain times that we live in today. 
And there are very few things and nothing actually of this world that actually remains steadfast. I think we would all agree today that the government today is shaky. I didn't say shady, although we could throw that in too, but that's another story. But the government is shaky, amen. And uh, the economy is shaky. Who knows what the economy is going to do? And America today, this great nation in which we live, is teetering on the brink of a civil war. We're, 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 we're there. I pray that that does not happen. I pray that, that this nation went through one civil war in which I think around 600, over 600,000 lives were lost in that civil war. And at that time, there wasn't near the population in the United States or the kinds of weaponry then that we have now. So believe me, ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to see that happen in America. It could and probably would be the demise of this nation. But we are we are on the brink of that. We need to understand that. It could happen. And we're experiencing unrest and we're experiencing turmoil in the United States that such as we have never seen. I've never seen in my lifetime and I'm sure that you have never seen in your lifetime. What we what we witnessed last Wednesday in Washington was uh, something that was unprecedented. We have never experienced anything, never dreamed that anything like that could ever possibly happen. We have all, all of us, I think, have been shaken to some extent by the events of this past year, by what has happened, what has taken place in, in 2020 with the pandemic, with the church shutdowns, lockdowns, with everything that has happened, with the results of the 2020 presidential election, with the results of the Georgia runoff election. I think everything that, has, that we've seen happen recently has been something that has shaken us to some extent and has shaken us to some degree. We cannot allow our faith to be shaken. Amen? No matter what kind of shakings going on in this world, we cannot allow our faith in God to be shaken. Hallelujah. There is, as I said, there's a whole lot of shaking that's going on and I do believe that there is more to come. And again, I don't want to appear this morning to be a, a prophet of, and I don't claim to be a prophet, let me change that because there's a lot of that going on today, but I don't, I don't claim to be a, 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 a preacher and don't want to be a preacher of, of gloom and despair. I don't want you to leave here today uh, with the attitude or with the idea that, oh boy, man, things are bad. Brother Rick really painted a bleak, dark, picture for us today. No, no, no. No, I don't want you to feel that way at all. Uh, there is a shaking, and there is a lot of shaking, and there's going to be some more shaking. Let me tell you, listen, this Bible, this Bible, this Bible predicts, the Apostle Paul predicted that these perilous times, these dangerous times would come in the last days, and we're there, ladies and gentlemen. That word perilous means fierce. It actually means 
insane. I'm telling you what, we are in insane times. Today, in this day which we're living, we're in, we're in times we never thought we would see, but the Bible, this Bible is more relevant and more current than your nightly news that I hope you've quit watching. Come on, somebody. Amen. It is. And the Bible has predicted that these things were going to take place. We've heard it preached all of our lives. And we're here. We're there now. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and so we're in that time. There's going to be more shaking. And the desire of all nations is going to come. And Jehovah God Almighty will shake all of the nations of this world so violently that it will topple every kingdom and it will result in the establishment of a kingdom of a stone cut out of the mountain without hands that will come and will crush every nation and every kingdom and every emperor and every authority and his kingdom will be set up and he will rule. And I speak of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ and he will rule and reign on this earth. There's a bright future ahead for the church, for the child of God. Oh, we can't allow ourselves to be shook up in the midst of all of the shaking. Jesus has got a good plan for you. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God said that he would shake all nations there. That, that will happen. That will happen. The, the shaking has begun but the main shaking is going to take place in the coming tribulation. It's beginning to happen now. But there is a tribulation that is coming upon this earth. Jesus said that there will be great tribulation such as this world, such as never has been or ever will be. And some people are asking the question, are we in it now? And let me answer that question this morning. No, we're in the birth pang. We're in the beginning of sorrows that Jesus said would come. These are the beginnings of sorrows when he said, you see these things. But travail, as I've preached to you before, the travail and the birth pangs that are going on in the world today. Birth pangs are labor pains that women have before they give birth to a child. We know that. And those birth pains, when they start, when that travail starts, when that labor starts, as it as it gets closer to the time of the birth of that baby, they get, those pains get more intense and they get closer together. And that's what we're seeing happen now, the intensity of the signs that Jesus gave of, uh, in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, of the coming of the Lord. Those signs are beginning to come run closer together. We're seeing more and more and more of them. And that's not what my message is about this morning morning but 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 there is we're not in the point that I'm making we're not in the quote tribulation now not yet it's just listen it's on the horizon it's just around the corner there's one event yet to take place that will that will usher that tribulation in there's one thing that's getting ready to happen listen they want us off of social media the church stands in their way for their globalist agenda well I think Jesus is getting ready to oblige them of that because he's getting ready to take his church out of this world and rapture us out of here 
That is the event. That's the next event on God's prophetic calendar, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of that trump. I wake up every morning thinking, Jesus, this is going to be the day that you're taking us out of here. The rapture is going to take place very soon. At any moment, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive are going to be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. Well, praise God. Praise God. Amen. And he said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So that's to be a comfort for us today. But the tribulation will begin right after. The, the church is raptured out of here. Joel speaks of this time, of the shaking. And as I said, this time when God will shake all nations. It's beginning now, but it will continue in, and get at its apex during the time of the great tribulation period. Joel 3.16, The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people. Did you hear that? In the middle of that shaking, the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So those birth pains, those uh, labor pains are going to become more intense the closer we get to the tribulation period. And um, so if we're that close, as we can see that close, do you understand? Do you understand? I'm not going to get done with this this morning, so I just will slow down. Do you understand today, ladies and gentlemen, that... That, that how close that we are and what has, is being implemented today that will lead to, when the, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, that will lead into him just implementing the mark of the beast. How many knows what the mark of the beast is? We talk about in Revelation chapter 13 where, where that one world leader, that one world uh, dictator, under that one world government will set up a one world religious system which is what all of this is culminating to right now ladies and gentlemen that's what they want today this might be my last Facebook sermon amen I don't know but that's that's what it's all culminating to today amen the reason oh help me Jesus I, I, I wasn't going to get political I wasn't going to I, I, I swear I wasn't but, but the reason that, 
they had to get Donald Trump out of the way is because Donald Trump is not a globalist. He is a nationalist. I'm not saying he's saved or unsaved, but he is a nationalist. He is for America. Amen. And this, uh, this, this deep state, this swamp, is, they are globalists. They are not for America. They are pushing the one world government and the one world agenda and they could never make their, their plans come to pass as long as Donald Trump was in the White House. So they had to get rid of him. They had to get him out of the way. But can I tell you, there's another block in their way. And you know who that is? It's you and it's me and it's the church and we're next on their hit list. Because we are not globalists. We are, we are, we are, we are for the kingdom of God. And that's that globalism, that that is the spirit of Antichrist. One and the same. The spirit of Antichrist is driving that today. Amen? And that Antichrist will set up his rule. And what I was what I started to say was that everything's falling in place now for him to step in, for the man of sin, the son of perdition, just as soon as the church is raptured. That's what the shaking is all about now, but it's going to get worse. Everything's coming into place for him to step on the scene with the answers to all of the problems, coming with a message of peace and safety. He's that white horse rider with the, with the bow and no arrows in the loosing of the first seal. That's the Antichrist. That, that's getting ready to happen just as soon as the church is out of the way. And the point that I'm trying to make, I guess, is that if we can see these things coming to pass, how much nearer and closer is the sound of that trumpet and the coming of Jesus to get his church out, to get his church out. The shaking that's going on in, a, in America today and the shaking that's going on in the world today is God trying to wake everybody up. It's God trying to shake you and me and trying to wake us up and the church is sound asleep. One prophet said that America's not dead, it's just asleep. I said, well, right now America's dead and it's the church that's asleep and God's trying to wake up his church. Hallelujah, may the sleeping giant be awake Awaken and be refilled with the power of the Holy Ghost in these days. Shake us, Lord. Shake us up and wake us up. I'm amazed at the people that are unshaken by what's happening. I'm amazed at the church folks that are unmoved by what we see taking place. Why, you'd think there, would, you'd think there wouldn't be an empty seat in the house. Amen? I don't get it either. I put on, I, I, I posted yesterday that if we ever needed to pray, we need to pray now, and we will be having prayer meeting, church sanctuary, 11 o'clock as always. I, I, I got a bunch of likes. I thought, we're going to have a pack. We're going to have a big crowd at prayer meeting. Well, we didn't. And that's okay. The ones that, listen, the ones that were here, let me tell you, we had, an, we had a powerful prayer time yesterday. 
the Holy Ghost was here in a special way. But people are unshaken, unmoved seemingly by what's happening, by what's taking place. Y'all probably think he forgot what he was talking about, and I almost did. But (laughs) thank God for the Holy Ghost. How close we are, the Antichrist, this dictator, when he comes on the scene at the midpoint of that tribulation, set up the one world religion and one world church, and he will institute a system whereby nobody will be able to buy or sell unless they receive his mark. Is that right? You all know the scripture. We've heard it preached all of our lives, haven't we? We've heard it preached all of our lives. And we've thought, well, you know, yeah, that's going to happen one of these days. Let me tell you something. Do you understand? Do Do you understand what has been said concerning the COVID 19 vaccine? Huh? There was an article in a. I, I, didn't, I don't have it with me, I've saved it, but there was an article that was in an Israeli paper about forcing the people to receive the COVID vaccine. And it said, well, we can't force people, we won't need to force people. And here was, their, here was what they said. They said, because the airlines and Amazon and the stores and the merchants, they will force you to receive the vaccine because here was the quote from this newspaper article in Israel, for you will not be able to buy or sell unless you've received the vaccination and have proof of the vaccination. Now that's just, to me, pretty close. I mean, when they use the exact terminology of, uh, that's used in the Scripture, you will not be able to buy or sell. That wasn't in my message. That wasn't in my notes. But here, I, I wanted to bring that out to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, how close we are because it's already being put in place for that Antichrist. To, well, Brother Rick, do I, is the COVID vaccination, let me clear something up. Is the COVID-19 vaccine the mark of the beast? No, no, no. But it's setting everything in place for that to come into effect when the Antichrist takes over. That's what the shaking is all about. The spirit of the Antichrist is, 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 is gaining dominance and prominence in the world today and um, those things are getting ready to be implemented and taking place and God is going to continue to shake things up and so he said that he would shake everything until until all that is unstable everything that is that is that is that is not fixed that's not established I'm going to shake it until those things are, are, are brought down and the things that can be shaken he said there will be removed why to reveal the things that cannot be shaken see listen to me ladies and gentlemen there are some things that are going to remain unmoved there are some things that are still going to be standing firm when everything else is falling apart 
and those are the things of God those are the eternal things and that's what Paul was referencing in Hebrews 12 and he tells us that there are some things that are unshakable there are some things that are permanent thank God there are some things that cannot be shaken and no matter how dark it gets and no matter how the world shakes there are some things that are never going to be shaken in the midst of this and those are the things we need to latch on to and get a hold of today the things of God that shall not and cannot and will not be shaken when there's a whole lot of shaking going on hallelujah Number one, God's throne will never be shaken. I said God's throne. Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I believe verse 1 of Revelation 4, verse 1, I believe is the rapture. Some people disagree with that. That's okay. They have a right to be wrong. It's all right. <laughs> But, but Revelation 4.1, John said he, the, first voice, the first voice, which was the voice of Jesus, that he heard speaking to him was the voice of a trumpet, John said. And it said to him, come up here, and I will show you things that must, must be hereafter. And immediately, John said, I was in the Spirit, and I was caught up. And I believe that's the rapture of the church. And it, pre it, it, it comes right after. Smith, where are we at in Bible prophecy today? Where are we at in Revelation? I'll tell you where we're at in, in the book of Revelation and Bible prophecy today. We are in Revelation chapter 3, the latter part, the Laodicean church age, the lukewarm church age. That's where we're at. And just after that church age is when, glory to God, I'm about to have a spell. Just after that Laodicean, it, when, you know, Paul talked about it. He said, that day will not come except there come a falling away first. We're there. That's part of the shaking. We're in that day of apostasy, of a falling away. People that one time lived for God have fallen away. They're not living for the Lord hoard anymore. People that used to come to this church, listen to me. Listen, we, we've been cut about half since the COVID thing, uh, a little less than a year ago. As far as attendance, people have got out. They've, 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 they've turned away from the Lord. They're not where they need to be. That's a part of the shaking that's going on. But I believe the Holy Ghost is calling to them today saying, come on, you need to get back. Oh, wake up. You need to see where we're at. Oh, get right. Get right with the Lord. Hallelujah. And I, I, we're in that apostasy. We're in that lukewarm church, that church that said, we're rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. That's where we're at today. God's never been able to. Now let me change that. Let me put it this way. There's never been a great revival in times of great prosperity. 
But boy, when people get to where they need God and begin to call upon the Lord, that's when God can move in their lives and in their churches. Hallelujah. That's why I had Sister Katie sing that again today and make it a prayer. We need God today. Our church needs God. You need God. This nation needs God. And I, you know, we dealt with it a little bit and talked about it in the prayer service yesterday. What's going to happen in America? Will there be a great revival? Will there be a great awakening? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to put it to you this way. There's not going to be any great awakening or great revival in this nation until it starts or unless it starts within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as the church is cold, as long as the church is apathetic, as long as the church is complacent, there's not going to be anything but more darkness. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're the one that's got to have an influence in this world. It's got to start in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's got to be revival among the saints of God. My prayer every day is God revive your church, Abundant Life Church. And every church, I pray, I pray. I'm not, you know, it's not just me praying for us alone. I pray for every church in this community, in this area, in this mental area, every church that's hungry for God, every church that has a pastor who's calling out, God, move. God, send revival. I'm praying for them too. God, pour your spirit out in those churches as well because every church that has a revival, every church that has a move of God, listen to me, Pastor Wade, it's going to influence this entire community. Hallelujah. And when one fire is built, glory to God, it can spread to another place and to another place. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what we've got to have. In this day of shaking, we've got to have revival. We've got to have revival. Hallelujah. I wasn't supposed to preach on verse 1, but that's the rapture. That's where we're at in Revelation. But in verse 2, Revelation 4 verse 2, he said, when he was caught up to heaven in the Spirit, that he was before God. Let me read it to you. And immediately I was in the Spirit. Verse 2, Revelation 4, 2. And immediately I was in the Spirit. Notice. Behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. A throne. Whose throne is this? It's God's throne. There's a throne he saw that was set in heaven. What does that word set? It it implies something that's permanent. It implies that it was his throne was, was eternal. It was established. It was fixed. And it was unmovable. And can I tell you something today, church? That the throne of God, when we talk about God's throne, his throne is symbolized. This throne of God is symbolized by His power, His authority, and His rulership. That's what the throne of God, when, when, when that king, listen to me, when that king is seated upon that throne, that is His place of dominion. 
That is his place of authority. The word, there's power, the Bible says, in the word of a king. When he's sitting on that throne, you know, in a, in a, in a monarchy, and he, he gives the orders, what that king says is what is done. He's in authority. He is in control. And that's what the throne of God represents. His power, his authority, and his rulership. And John saw his throne set. He saw God's throne throne permanent. He saw God's throne established. He saw God's throne, uh, you know, there, and it was not going to be moved. You know what I'm telling you today? That God, let get this. If, if you don't get nothing else, get a hold of what I'm going to say. There's those that would take issue with this statement, but that, that's fine. But I'm telling you, God Almighty is on His throne, and God Almighty is in control. I said the God that is your heavenly father is in control of what's going on the devil's not in control he thinks that he is but almighty God is seated on his throne and he is in control and he has all power and all authority Hallelujah, all power and all authority. That's why that we can't be shaken because the things, the plans of man, the agenda of man, the things of mankind, the things of this earth, ladies and gentlemen, are all being shaken and are going to be shaken, but God's throne is set. I said it's set. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. Cities and governments and institutions and organizations may all appear strong for a time but the time will always prove that nothing built by man will last but the word of almighty God says in Psalm 45 6 thy throne O God is forever and forever Lamentations 5 19 thou O Lord remain forever thy throne from generation to generation God's not been toppled from his throne. God's not been voted out of office. God's not left his power and his authority. We got a God today that's almighty. Woo! Come on somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. We're the body of Christ. We're the church. I'll get to that maybe next week. I don't know. Praise God. How many knows who Lucifer was? Lucifer. Light bearer. That's what it means. Lucifer was that angel of God. A top ranking angel. An anointed cherub. Created by God. Holy in all of his ways. Perfect, the Bible said. In all of his ways. Some implication is that in eternity past, Lucifer was um, led worship in heaven. Ezekiel talks about his pipes and his tabrets, referring to musical ability. So, mm, glory to God. Lucifer was a, was a, was a word, led the angelic host in worship around the throne. Lucifer was close to God. He was close to the throne of God. But Lucifer wasn't satisfied with being close to the throne of God. He wanted the throne of God. 
He wanted the worship that that, that, that the heavenly host was giving to God. And so he concocted a plan. And you can read about it in, in Isaiah chapter 14. He concocted a plan. And in his heart he said, I'm going to, arise, I'm going to rise up above the stars of heaven. And, and I'm paraphrasing this, but here's what, he, here's what his scheme and his plan was. I'm going to topple God from off his throne. And I will be... this." This was what Lucifer said. I will be like the Most High. Everybody in heaven's going to worship me. I'm going to overthrow the throne of God. Well, how many knows that he attempted that? He deceived a third of the angels and led them in a rebellion to overthrow God and to remove God from his throne. There was a coup, glory to God, by the devil to topple God from his place of authority and and dominion but how many knows that that plot and plan never succeeded it failed and God said you anointed cherub you will be you think you're going to arise to that place of authority but you will be cast down to hell Satan's plan was defeated and he was cast down out of heaven and I'm telling you today if Lucifer could not topple God from his throne nobody's going to topple God from his throne his throne remains unshakable today the authority and the power of God God knows what he's doing amen he's not pacing listen he's seated on the throne he's not walking in the throne room What are we going to do now? How are we going to make it? There's, listen, folks, there's no panic in heaven. There's no panic in heaven. Only plans. God's got a plan. God's got the control. He's got his hand upon the situation. Well, we've got to believe that. Amen? The throne of God will not, will not be shaken. I got I got I got to close. When King Uzziah died. When King Uzziah died. Uzziah was one of the godly kings of Judah. Had a great reign, did a lot of good things. And uh he got presumptuous. Tried to enter into the holy of holies. The priests tried to stop him from doing that. And he went ahead anyway. And God smote him with leprosy. You can read about it in the Old Testament. And King Uzziah, a good king, did wonderful things for Israel. Was banished and spent his last days as a leper. Died as a leper. Sad story. And the nation of Israel was devastated. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, I'm sure Isaiah was devastated by it as well. Isaiah was one of the prophets that prophesied during the time of Uzziah. And the nation of Israel was distraught. The nation was in despair. The ministry 
didn't know what to do. The prophet didn't know what to do. So Isaiah went, the sixth chapter of Isaiah records it, and Isaiah went to the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says that he went to the temple of God, and it says this in Isaiah 6.1, in the year that King Uzziah died. You know what, you know what happened? Isaiah goes to the temple, to the house of God, and he has a prayer meeting, and he prays through. That's what we need to do. And he prayed through, and it said that, I, Isaiah said, and I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And what Isaiah saw was this, and God was showing him this, that even though Uzziah was gone and they didn't know what to do, that God was still on his throne and that his throne could not be shaken. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's where our victory is. David felt the foundations crumbling around him. In Psalm, in Psalm number 11, verse 3 and 4, David said this. He said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, if the foundations of our nation are destroyed, in which it, it appears that that's the attempt is to destroy the very foundations of this country. What are the righteous to do? That's the question. What can the church do? What are the righteous to do if the foundations be destroyed? And he answered that question in verse number 4. And he said, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold and his eyelids try the children of men. What David said was this, that if, it, if the foundations are in danger of being destroyed, here's the thing, it doesn't shake God because God, the foundation of the Lord stands sure, the Bible says, and God is still on his throne and God is still ruling and reigning from heaven. Amen? Ladies and gentlemen, it listen, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see what is happening today in our nation. It breaks my heart. It tears me apart to, to think that the, that the America that I grew up in is on the verge of collapse and being no more. It breaks my heart. I, I wept before the Lord in prayer meeting yesterday and I said to God, I said, let the trump of God sound and let the rapture take place and take us home, Lord, so that I don't have to see the demise of this great nation that I don't have to witness that which is about to happen to America if she doesn't make some changes. Amen? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Christianity and Almighty God and the Word of God will still survive without America. But can I tell you, America cannot survive without God and without Christianity and without the Bible, the Word of Almighty God. God is still upon His throne. I said God is still upon his throne no matter what's going on in America I said God is still upon his throne and Jesus is at his right hand and God's throne will never be shaken 
Well, give the Lord a praise. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Worship team, come on back.